Welcome, friends, to the Path to Greatness podcast. I am your host, Jason Willard, and I am so excited to have one of my best friends on, uh, my brother, Brandon Willard. Thanks for coming, man. Yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> to kind of give you guys a background on, on uh, Brandon, uh, you have a lot of times where your, your brothers, you know, you look up to your brothers and, and they're just your idols. And this is exactly that case right now. Um, but that's not the reason why I brought him on and, uh, just wanted you guys to know that there's so many others that I know that look up to this man. So I'm excited to hear some stories and to, uh, get into it and figure out how we can, uh, grit to it. So, yeah, that's great. Uh, Brand, give me a little bit of background on, you know, your life, where, where everything started and, uh, kind of how your mental toughness has changed over time. All right. Well, I had several years where you weren't in my life because I'm the <laughs> oldest of the oldest boy of our family. Um, uh, mainly raised in American Fork on a, we call it a farm. Um, but it's, it was like. 14, 15 acres, something like that. So we thought it was huge, but really now that I know what big farms are like, it wasn't <laughs> a big farm, but yeah, there was plenty of work to go around. Um, being the oldest boy, I, I quickly got into working, you know, long hours um, with dad and um, he was in the peak of, of trying to ramp up, uh, the production on the farm and uh, usually when you you're doing that you can't hire a lot of labor so we we took care of it and so I learned from a young age uh, to get up early and to work hard and actually found a lot of joy and fulfillment in going to bed tired at, at the end of the day I, I remember several times just wondering how does it get better than this? You just lay down and you zonk out and that's because you've worked so hard throughout the whole day. Um, we grew up milking a cow morning and night and I learned a lot of responsibility through that. Um, you would hear the cow bellering out in the field and dad would come ask me, did you guys milk the cow tonight? <laughs> you can't really say no because you can hear her out there. So it'd be midnight and he'd say, well, you better go take care of her. So that's a, a pretty, I don't know, broad picture, broad stroke of, of what childhood was like. It was a lot of love and, but yet also, you know, a lot of hard work and, and to be blunt, my dad was re really tough on me. Like he, he expected yeah. a lot out of me. So, um, I would say I grew up fast and yeah, um, the early, I still had a fun childhood. I mean, we got to ride horses and, and do all the things. Um, basically looking back, it was like duck dynasty. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> we were doing those fun things when, when we didn't know that that's what America would someday watch on TV, but we, we had a lot of fun, but we definitely did work hard. So oh, that's awesome. So as you were growing up, um, you know, who was that mental trainer, I guess, you know, we talk about, physical trainers all the time and, and how we build our bodies, but not very often do we talk about mental trainers. Who was that for you? Um, I would say that was dad. Um, and then also I had several uncles that, that I grew up and 
being one of the older grandchildren, um, they, they would toughen me. I don't know, you know, just through teasing or, or, you know, expecting a lot out of you working with them as well on the farm. Um, but definitely dad, dad shaped that, that grittiness in me to, to not give up, even though I get frustrated or something that, you know, you don't, you don't quit when you're, when you're tired, you quit when, when you're done. Yeah. And And the job has to get done or animals die or, you know, people have to be able to rely on you. Yeah. And so you can't just, Hey, I'm tired. I'm going to go back and go to bed. Yeah. Um, I remember several times how he taught me that was I would give up and I would start walking back to the house from down in the sheds and stuff. And he would stay and finish the job. And I just felt so guilty as I would walk back to the house to go to bed and he's down there still working. And so, um, through silent and example, silence and example, he taught me that, you know, you gotta be responsible. You can't, can't leave it up to anybody else. So, yeah. Yeah. And you, you mentioned something earlier. I kind of want to give the listeners kind of a background of like, so when your uncles were around to kind of give a layout, like we had how many aunts and uncles within a, you know, two mile radius, like, yeah, there was oh, probably 10. Yeah. Aunts and uncles or more. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, our mom's side is a huge family. Um, I think there's like 78 grandkids on that side. So, um, and, and she came from, uh, 12 kids in her family. And so I had a lot of uncles and aunts that were a big part of my life and still are, but they, they definitely, you know, teased you and toughened you up, which I appreciate now. I didn't so much at the time, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, uh, it, that type of toughening is definitely looked down upon today. Yep. Yep. Um, even though sometimes it is, is very necessary. Um, yep. on, would you say like, what are, what were the two main takeaways you took uh, from dad, I know that you talked about just sticking it out, even though it's hard or difficult and, and all of that, but what are some other ones that you've learned? Yeah. So one of the main ones is knowing, knowing that no one's coming to save you. Like dad didn't have somebody to pass that buck to, like it was him or it failed and we didn't eat. And it's like, most of corporate America, you can pass the buck. You can tell your boss that, Hey, I don't have what I need or whatever. I I got this emergency I got to go to and somebody else will step in. But that wasn't the case with dad. Like he would stay home from vacations because like animals had to be taken care of and work had to be done. So that's a big one. Um, I think, I think there's a big mentality in society today that they think that somebody's going to come and just rescue them. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes big government and things like that do yeah. and, it, and it, it cripples people. And so I, I've learned that to not expect somebody to come save you. Um, and then the, the other lesson was kind of what I was alluding to just the joy that and fulfillment that comes from sticking it out yeah. like that, 
there's usually a decision point where you mentally decide I'm going to stick this out and I'm going to finish it. And from that point on, it's, it's spiritual to me. It's, you get, you know, you get those, all the feel goods and, and your dog tired. And, um, and I think a lot of that came because everything we did was meaningful. It wasn't just, he wasn't given us chores just to have chores. Like, he needed us. Yeah. And so I think finding meaning in your work is, is makes being gritty a lot easier. Yeah. Well, and I think too, you mentioned that point at which you decided, Hey, I'm just going to get this done and, and finish it to the end. I think before that point, there's a point where it, it's that giving up point. Yep. Um, and you've pushed past it at that spot and realized hey I can do way more than I thought I could and now I mean you hear things about like runners high and stuff like that like they can get it um and and I feel like I get it too with through working Mm -hmm. um and and it doesn't always have to be physical nope but definitely it comes during that time so definitely yeah one of my the guys I idle you can judge me for it, but David Goggins, um, he's got a foul mouth, but he he is the epitome of grittiness. Yeah. And he says that most people quit at 40%, and I believe it. Yeah. I, I see it in myself at times. Like, your mind will give up way before your body's ready to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it, we we've been conditioned, you know, throughout just our anatomy overall to be able to try and conserve as much as possible. So because of that, we don't like to push beyond a certain amount because we know that we're breaking into reserves. Yep. Well now today with, with how our lives are, the reserves are endless. Yeah. We're not going to run out of food. We're not going to, you know, run out of energy. Um, we have plenty of time to sleep and get all this done there's really no excuse to push beyond that yep. that 40% limit. Yeah, we actually have to fabricate ways to endure. Yeah. If you really think about it, 100 years ago, they didn't have ultra races and things like that. Like, yeah. it was life. <laughs> so you're, you're spot on there. Like, we have so much abundance that we actually have to find ways to push ourselves to get the, the same benefit. Gotcha. Yeah. So if you could change you know, one thing about our society today, what would you say is that one thing that you would like to hit on? Yeah, I think in society, there's this, this mentality that we were raised a little bit tougher, you know, people were hard on us when we were little. And so we're going to completely back off of our children. And I think that there's a happy medium there. I think there is a way to instill um, discipline and structure and all of that and still be kind. Yeah. And so I don't see society tying that together. It's either, you know, I was beaten and, and had a, the worst childhood and it was rough or like I'm not even going to tell my kid what to do and let them just run and do whatever they want yeah. because I don't want to ruin them. Um, because truthfully, like 
they'll never get to experience that that high of discipline when when they don't have a parent saying hey you need to do this this is a responsibility and a chore and it's extremely hard I mean I've got six kids and and you know live in the the city essentially it's hard to fabricate things that matter that like the garbage getting taken out is all of a sudden like this long drawn out chore. And it's like that, that's not even a chore. Like (laughs) it's 20 steps outside and you're, you're there. It's not like you're going, you know, to the North 40 to go plow a field or something. So. Yeah. And looking back at our childhood and, and yours was even more different than mine. I, I will say that for sure. Looking back at our childhood, it was, um, just I'm realizing now today how much how I can't replicate that like I I want to replicate it I want to try and make that for my kids and and I think another thing too one of the things that our society has instilled is hey I want my kids to be better off than I was yep and that thought as as um as clear and as, as kind as that thought is, it's not the answer. Yeah. Um, and, and like you said, there's a happy medium in that. Um, but I think all too often we, we use that as the crutch that, you know, the, the noose that we hang our kids with. Yeah. Essentially that's, you're exactly right. Like, uh, one of my other heroes is Jordan Peterson and he, he tells, talks about like your ultimate responsibility as a parent is to raise your child to be competent not to protect them they've got to experience stuff and you got to prepare them for the real world so that you can hand them over to the real world because it's not a kind place and if they've never experienced opposition they they're going to crumble and it's it's going to be pretty painful for them so i've always taken that i've i'm definitely am not an expert on that I've crossed the line both directions with raising my kids um but I feel like between my wife and I we we balance each other out to where we we find that happy medium yeah so and I've seen that I mean it 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 shows so much in in your kids and and the way that they act and their attitudes and um you know obviously it's not going to be perfect. It's nope. really messy and, and the lines are very blurred. Um, so, uh, you know, as, as our listeners are, are listening to this, just realize that there's, there's no right way to do it nope. across the board. hundred so. percent. I think the key for me has been when I know that I've crossed the line um, on, on being too harsh or too hard on them is to have the humility to go and acknowledge that to them. Like, yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm sorry, dad. Dad crossed the line there. I was I shouldn't have done that. And it's amazing how they'll just forgive you right there, and you're back. You're back on the right path, and and then you remember where that line is and don't push it again. And it's different with every child. I mean, I have some that I just can look at the wrong way, and they're like, "Oh man!" And the other ones that are like, "I don't care." (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. It's a lot of fun though. Yeah. Um, so with that, you know, I think we can learn a lot from previous generations and I think that there's not 
very much emphasis in our society to look back at, hey, you know, what have, what have our grandparents done? What have our great-grandparents done and accomplished? Um, and we don't hear those stories. And because we don't hear those stories, we don't know what we're capable of. Yep. So, you know, what do you feel like we can do for the next generation to be able to help them develop that way? Yeah, I think, you know, just from like a church perspective, I I like the idea of reading your ancestors' history, the family history, if it's available to read what they went through, like you're carrying their DNA and yeah. it's amazing what they went through. And it goes back to that first kind of principle we talked about where no one was coming to save them. Yeah. Like they, if they went through the great depression, like they went through so much unemployment, things that we haven't even seen. I mean, yeah, the great recession was kind of scary, but it's nothing compared to what, you know, people lined up just trying to work for a day to to get some food for their family and we don't we don't have that we have so much abundance that it's yeah yeah, like a hard day at work is is the worst that we have to go through but I've never had to worry about my kids starving yeah yeah face that and stared at that but that was very real for for all of our ancestors like they it was it was a lot of physical for them I think today our challenge and what our future generations will look back and hopefully learn from us is how do we stay gritty mentally and spiritually? Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely agree with that. And, you know, as it, it was very physical back then, you can learn quite a bit. I feel like from doing physically hard things that will translate over to mental and spiritual. You bet. Um, and you know, the funny thing about that is you're probably the biggest person in my life that really shaped, uh, me trying to do physical things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I remember (laughs) going to your house at like (laughs) nine o'clock at night and going and doing a workout with you and just learning how important it is to keep our bodies, you know, in a state where, uh, we can grow mentally, yep. spiritually, you know, it, it we're not going to grow otherwise. So, yeah, it's amazing how much your mental health and your mental state is tied to your physical state. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so with that, I'd actually like to dive in to, to kind of, you know, what's, what's happening to you right now. And it, this was a large reason why I invited Brandon on the podcast. And, uh, I think, such a valuable lesson in th- in uh, learning how to power through things. But talk to me about what's going on in your life right now. Yeah, so I uh, I served a mission for the church um, of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I went to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania back in 2004. And um, while I was out, I was out about almost a year and got really sick. And they couldn't figure out what was going on. So I ended up coming home um, early, which is its own story. You know, the stigma that's around some of that, yeah. the mental stress that can come with that. And uh, so I, I came home and went to doctor after doctor after doctor and, and finally nailed it down to a an autoimmune condition. Um, that's a, a mixture between 
I call it the mom and dad of mono, but Epstein-Barr virus and cytomegalovirus, which are basically just sap my energy all the time and uh, make it a fight every day to get out of bed and to work. And um, just recently, I've had a, a really bad flare-up over the last year that has been uh, the worst I've ever had. And it's really done a number to me. I mean, uh, there were days I was throwing up six, seven times a day, couldn't keep food down. And um, I've lost like 35 pounds because of it, which I don't recommend that as a weight loss strategy. It's <laughs> not good. But, um, but yeah, I've just had to uh, muddle my way through it. And it, it's been that way ever since I got it because there's not a lot of answers for it. And I found that there's a tendency when you're, when you're going through things like this to try to find like the silver bullet or this magic cure. That's, that's a pill you can take and all of a sudden you're better Yeah, and it doesn't exist and rarely does it exist for anyone. Um, but you have, you have to be real with yourself that, okay, there's not an end to this in sight. So you just got to push and and that's hard for people to accept. It was hard for me to accept. You know, I, yeah. I always thought, well, you know, in a few years I'll be better and, and it'll be something I look back in the past in the rear view mirror and laugh at and, and reminisce about, but it's still here and it's been 17 years, something like that. So, yeah. Well, and I think a majority of our challenges are the things that we fabricate Yep. are, Hey, there, there is a finish line. There is a end in sight and, you know, we can push harder because we know that there is an end. You bet. How have you helped yourself mentally prepare or accept or move forward with something where you know that there isn't an end, you know, our, our listeners, you know, if you're struggling with depression or, or, any sort of mental anxiety and stuff like that, like that there is no nope. end to yep. those things. So how, how do we push past that? Yeah, I think, I think that's a great point to touch on. Um, some of what I attribute this autoimmune condition to was the anxiety that I had while I was on my mission. Um, I'd never been away from home. I, I don't feel like I was prepared the way that I needed to be. And Pennsylvania should, it, it's a foreign country as far as I'm concerned, like yeah. from growing up here in Utah County. So um, just that shock and that stress um, is what wore my body down. And and so like this isn't a new thing, but the depression and, and anxiety is something I've been fighting ever since then. Yeah. Um, it's really easy to get down on your, on yourself and your life and, and have a little pity party. And um, unfortunately for some, that goes the rest of their life is a pity party. And so one of the, one of the strategies that I, I try to use is I give myself a set amount of time to have my pity party. So something doesn't go right. I'm have something happen. I give myself one hour and I can go cry. I can curl up in the corner. I can, woe is me. But then after that, no more. Yeah. I got to snap out of it. And it's a mental decision. Like, okay, I'm going to allow myself to feel what I'm feeling. 
but no one's coming to save me and I've still got responsibilities. I have to move on and whining and complaining about it. Isn't going to change that. And one of the worst ones for me is worrying about it. Isn't going to change it. Yeah. It just makes it worse. And so I, I like to, I'll use that daily to where I'll just, you know, okay, go ahead and go have your pity party. But in one hour, it's time to get back to it and, and carry on with what, you know, you got to do. And, uh, so that's one of the big strategies that I've used. Um, I've learned so much. I mentioned Jordan Peterson early, earlier. Um, he teaches a principle that, that has helped me immensely. And that is when you're suffering and you don't have an end in sight, um, it's really important to shrink your time frame. So you can't, I can't think about 10 years from now. Yeah. Like that's, that's overwhelming to me to think about feeling like I have been for the next 10 years like that. I, I can't do that. Yeah. And so I've shrunk it down to times where like, I've got to get through the next 15 minutes and then we'll take it from there. We'll see, yeah. you know, when I'm throwing up or something or I feel really, really bad. Um, the decision to get out of bed in the morning, it's like, okay, I'm just going to get up vertical and then we'll see we'll yeah. go from there and I'll make another decision. And, and so that's been a huge thing for me. And depending on, you know, how severe it is day to day is where my time frame is. Sometimes it's in 15 minute increments and sometimes I can go out a week, you know, and, and have that mindset of, Hey, I can start looking a week ahead and this is, this is going to be something that I'm not going to have to deal with in 15 minute increments, but yeah. other times you shrink that time frame. And I think to just, know that this applies to so many aspects. This isn't just, you know, sickness or, or anything like that. It's, it's, um, pushing through pain, pushing through, you know, even a a workout, anything like that. Um, and I think that it's, it's very valuable to realize how, you know, just shrink it down, like you said, and also just how short this life is. I think putting things into the right, perspective and the right box and putting it in that area then you're able to control and handle a lot more i think with our society we are so inundated with so much um so much knowledge as well as so many opinions yep just information yes overall everywhere and um it is overwhelming Mm -hmm. to to us to our kids and so it is really hard to find that truth, but I do feel like this is a solid truth that you can use, you know, daily on just realizing that, Hey, I can take the next 10 minutes, next 15 minutes, you know, two days or, you know, set those little goals for yourself. Um, and when you hit those, you know, it's okay to celebrate too. So it's great. I celebrate all the time when I get those little wins. Um, yeah, I, I've loved that principle. I remember hearing him talk about that and it was right before I went on a, a hunt, a backpack hunt with, with my buddy Hans and he's the toughest, grittiest guy I know. And hopefully we'll get him on this podcast at yeah. some point. Cause he's, he's uh, amazing with that, but he was dragging me around the mountains and, um, I wasn't in really great shape and I had just gotten these new boots that I didn't break in and we're hiking in and I've just got like, 
silver dollar size blisters on my heels and they're, they're bad. Like it's bleeding. And I had to just shrink that to the next five steps. Yeah. Like, and then I would just stop, give myself a little credit for getting through the last five and then take the next five. And before you know it, like I could see Hans over at the campsite, clear over there, like this little speck. And I'm like, I can't think about that. Yeah. Like I need to just take the next five. And before you know it, you're there. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And so I've, that's a very physical example, but I do that in the spiritual and mental aspects of my life daily. Uh, for me, temple worship is, is zooming out to see just how short this, this life is. And yeah, it's, it's the rest that we're promised because you get perspective. Yeah. It's not, and and just to give you listeners an idea of what Brandon says when he says Hans was dragging him all over the mountain, I've seen probably more of the backside of Hans than I ever have the front side of Hans. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a he's a mountain goat. He's so. insane. But. No, I I definitely agree uh, that it applies to both spiritual, physical, and uh, mental, on all of that. Yep. Um. So, what what would you say? You know. Uh, those experiences that you have in nature, uh, you know, how has understanding nature and your place in it helped you to be more mentally tough or, or, um, you know, push through hard things? Yeah, for sure. So like life is suffering. Like you see that you go, you go a half an hour out of this Valley into the mountains and it's, live or die like like it's it's pretty eye-opening if you step back and watch for it it's like wow that if they don't get food or water today they're done or an animal you know will attack them and kill them and and that's it and they're in constant um fight or flight and and these things and so um the other thing that i enjoy so much about getting out in nature and and my form is archery hunting i love backpack hunting and um, just the, the difficulty of everything, yeah. like to go hike, to get water and then come back. And like Candace can tell you when I get home from a hunt, I'm, I'm happiest I've ever been because I get to walk to my fridge and just click <laughs> my <laughs> cup under there and it fills up and it's nice and cold. And it's like, Oh my goodness, this is so wonderful. Or to have a toilet to sit on and just those things that we take for granted day in and day out. And it's, it's a harsh world out there. Like that it's overwhelming sometimes if you think about it. And, uh, I think gratitude, um, has played a big part in that. Uh, When I, when I'm out in nature and see that the gratitude that I bring back to my day to day life helps me a lot. It's like, I'm just glad that I have all, you know, a warm house to sleep in and, I think it just reframes the perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, like we talked about, same. It's the same thing that happens to me when I'm in the temple. Like, it's zooming out mm-hmm. to realize where we're truly at in this world. And I don't know if you've ever had this, but when I'm sitting on the mountain and I'm like looking at just a, a piece of nature, mm-hmm. that thing's going whether I'm there or not, mm-hmm. and it just continually thrives or dies and i think that's the same for us that's one thing that i've learned about nature is 
if you're not growing, yep. you're dying. Yeah. And uh, we we try, I feel like in our society, try to limp along people um, quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, and maybe make up or, or crutch is a good word, people along. Yep. Um, when if we would just tell them the truth and, and let them understand, Hey, this is where you're at. You should probably try and grow here. Um, and it goes down to teaching our kids. It's really hard to do, but it's important to let them understand that. And I think nature is one of the best teachers. You betcha. Yep. The mountain doesn't lie. Yeah. Like you're either ready for it or you're not. And I love that about it. Like you can, you can Instagram it up with how in shape you are and how ready you are, but it'll tell you it's honest. It'll tell you if you're ready or not. And I love that. And some of the, the biggest forms of love that I've ever received in my life, whether it's through my heavenly father, my parents, my spouse, especially is brutal honesty. Yeah. Like I need that. I need that clean mirror that says, Brandon, this is who you are. Yeah. And, and it's not always easy to hear, but I'm always better for it. Yeah. So absolutely. And, and nature is that, uh, <laughs> it'll make you square up yep. real quick. Yep. You'll know. So, um, for someone that's just getting into trying to get into mental shape, you know, you know I, I think it's very important just like, me going to the gym for the first time, I felt so stupid. Yep. I I was just, I didn't know what I was doing. I was uh, really self-conscious and didn't know how to move forward. And I had some really good uh, people show me how to do it. You were one of them. And um, it, it really does help to understand, okay, this is kind of the starting period. Yep what would you recommend to somebody that's just starting out to try and work on their mental toughness? Yeah. So one, one thing that I've tried to do is, and it's in multiple aspects of my life is if I am trying to do something new, I try to find somebody that, that I admire that's already walked that path. And I just invite myself like, Hey, can you show me the ropes? That's what I did in the gym. I felt the same way. I was like, man, I, no idea what I'm doing. And so I, I found a guy that, you know, worked in the same industry as me and was ripped and went to the gym daily. And I'm like, Hey, can I just come work out with you? Cause I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. And he, he let me come along and I, you pick it up really quick. Like if some, they shorten your learning curve. Yeah. And you've got to throw your ego out the window. Like it has to be out of there before you really ask somebody like that so be prepared for that when you go to ask for a mentor on anything throw your ego out the window what you think you know yep just let it be and 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 move forward and listen and pay attention 100 percent. get rid of the ego and um make sure you're asking from your heart that you're sincere about it because i haven't met anyone that would turn that away because one of the best feelings about being a master at something is teaching it and passing it along. That's, that's so fulfilling. So it was equally fulfilling for him to show me the ropes as it was for me to learn the ropes. Yeah. So, um, so I've, I've applied that. There's another key piece to this that I, I think a lot of people miss out on and that is 
there's public grittiness and then there's like when no one's looking. Yeah. And that's a lot harder. So you go to a gym because there's some public accountability there, right? Yeah. Like you're going to do that extra rep because people are watching you and, and all that. And so I've always admired those who, who can create that discipline and that greediness within themselves. Um, and one of the things, like it sounds so dumb and is so cliche nowadays, but like getting up and taking a cold shower. Yeah. Like just trying to do something that makes you uncomfortable and, and do it consistently. And, and don't think that you have to be like Wim Hof from day one where you're doing, you know, half an hour in a, in a freezing cold tub. Yeah. If you can do 15 seconds, do it yep. and then build up from there and just collect that win. And the next day it'll be a little bit better and a little bit better. And, um, finding meaning and, and the reward in the process instead of comparing the person that, that you want to be like, you can't look at, the, I couldn't look at the guy I was working out with and be like, man, I'm never going to make it there. It was like, man, I just, I just increased my weight by five pounds on that last set. Yeah. So you have to look at the process and the progress as opposed to the end outcome. And that's the, that's the five minutes, the five steps. Yep. If you were to look at that guy and say, oh yeah, I'm going to be that guy. You're, you're never going to, if you keep on looking at oh. him. <laughs> so, oh. um, and, and I think too, with all of that, it has been harder, uh, for our generation to do something just for yourself. Yep. Like just keeping it to yourself and making sure that you're, you're trying to win because you want to win and not because you're going to show somebody or this is going to happen. I, I actually struggled with that um, when I thought about doing this podcast. Yeah. I was like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. What's the point of it? And um, it is part of the, I threw my ego out the window and then all of a sudden realized that there's a lot of mentors out there. Mm -hmm. um, I, this is, this podcast isn't me coming to all of you with the idea that I have it figured out that I'm, you know, totally uh, just this huge mentally tough person expert on grit. Right. Yeah. No, I'm not. Yep. And, but I know that there's a lot of people around me yep. who have some amazing insight and, and that's, that's how you have to attack it. So, yeah, ironically enough, those who are the grittiest that I've met don't think they are. Yeah. But it's the whole ego thing. Like I just, they're constantly trying to improve and, and consistency is the secret to that. It doesn't matter whether you're waking up and, and opening your scriptures or your nightly prayer yeah like that that is grittiness to get down every night and speak to your heavenly father like that yeah i i consider that one of the grittiest things people do that i admire the most is consistent little things yeah. that aren't in the public eye that only really benefit you and only you know about it yeah and i think part part of that um is relationships so we're, you know, just saying, saying your prayers every night, being consistent on that, reading your scriptures, all of those things are to try and gain a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Yep. We're doing the same thing with 
other people. And I think, you know, COVID hasn't helped it a ton. Um, but, nope. but I think that we need to get back to where we're, we are consistently trying to make relationships happy, uh, happen. Yeah. And I think I, it was a, I believe it was a Ted talk that I heard this last week that showed that the most happy, successful people, if you were to try and thread what that, um, what they all had in common Mm -hmm. going back to it, it was their relationships. They had solid relationships with, with people around them Mm -hmm. for long periods of time. And I think that we can take a lot from that. Um, you know, so if I was to get, give another quick tip for today, it would be look around you, decide who that mentor is and start developing a relationship and be consistent. Yep. That those relationships are everything. I just finished up being a Bishop for the last five years, um, this past week. And that, that is key. Like the joy that came out of all of that work was relationships. Yeah. hundred percent. And my relationship with Hans and that's forged in doing hard things. I mean that nobody becomes really good friends, like drinking beer on the weekends. Like that's, that's shallow friendship. Yeah. It's when you've gone through really tough things together that, that bond people. I've seen it in back when we did scouts and I took them on a 50 mile hike. Yeah. Like those boys are still friends with me. Because and we reminisce about it because it was hard, yeah, you know, and it was probably the first difficult thing they had to do, yeah. And I think, you know, that's why we as brothers are as close as we are, and it you have to continually do hard things together to to really forge that. Yep. So, Brand, you know, you've got you've pulled out a ton of insights for us today. Is there? Any uh, books or, or podcasts or things like that that our listeners could maybe tune into to to try and gain some knowledge and understanding on this? You bet. So, man, there's so many. I am a self-help junkie. It's <laughs> not even an exaggeration. I have like 204 books in my Audible. Jeez. Um, and I listen to the equal amount of podcasts. But some that stood out, like when I was thinking about this, is uh, there's a, a – Guy called his name is Colin O'Brady, um, and he has a book called The Incredible First. Yeah, um, it's about his solo trek across Antarctica, pulling a sled, and uh, it's incredible. Uh, and he gives so many good insights into it. And uh, he just came out with a new one. I haven't got to listen to it yet, um, but essentially, it's more for an urban environment, like to get out and just go for a twelve-hour walk. Yeah to do something tough and, and to get that taste of success. So he's one that, that I really admire. Um, I mentioned earlier, right, wrong, or otherwise, I love David Goggins. Yeah. Um, his book can't hurt me. Um, it's rough just cause it's, it's raw. And if you get offended by the F word, you probably don't want to download it, but, um, he's got, can't hurt me and never finished. He just barely came out with never finished this past week. And it's, it's wonderful. Um, Cam Haynes is a bow hunter that I follow, have for a long time. He's got a book out called Endure that gives a lot of the, the same strategies and the mental side of things, even though they're doing 
physical, like 240 mile ultra races in Moab, both him and Goggins have done that. And, but they, they win or lose and they're in their mind. Yeah. Like their bodies will do it. They just have to get through it mentally. And then from a spiritual side, um, there's a, uh, evangelical Christian that I, I absolutely love. His name is John Eldridge and he has a book called resilient that is about like post COVID yeah, and the trauma that we all went through, whether we realize it or not and how to become more resilient spiritually and bounce back from that and, and to uh, deepen those relationships, like yeah. you said, and, and, those quick touch points where you're, where you're checking in with your heavenly father and, and all of those things that are just critical. And so I've gotten a lot of good insight on the spiritual side from, from that. And I'll probably never be able to do any of the physical stuff that these other guys do, but the mental, I use it daily. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. No, I, I, and I think it's important to, you know, as you guys listen to these different podcasts or these books, stuff like that, I would just encourage you and invite you to don't don't just think I need to have X amount of knowledge before I move forward with this. Uh, make sure that you're acting on it, like like Brandon said about you know whether it's a cold shower, or, uh, just whatever is hard for you. What maybe it's waking up on the the first alarm yep. ring, you 100%. know, like do those small things, and all of a sudden the uncomfortable becomes comfortable and you will realize that you are capable of so much more. And, you know, going back on that spiritual aspect, you are a child of God. You have that potential. And because of that potential, quit limiting yourself. You bet. So, yeah, I think, what is it? Dave Ramsey teaches the principle about the debt snowball, right? Yeah. So start with your smallest bill and then it, it builds over time and you pay off all this debt. I view mental toughness and spiritual toughness the same way. Like you have to get little wins and then you get those little wins and you build momentum. And honestly, I think that's what the prophet was referring to with spiritual momentum in conference was like, get those little wins and get the ball rolling. And then before you know it, you're a David Goggins in the spiritual environment, yeah. you know, like you're just a, somebody that everyone looks up to and, and yet you're still humble. You still are doing the small things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Man, this has been awesome. Thank you so much, Brand, for coming and for uh, giving us so many insights. I, I, there was one question that I actually didn't ask you yeah. and I'm going to, Let's do it. to tag it here at the end, but, what is your why, Bran? Oh, that one's pretty, pretty deep. Um, you you hit on it with the spiritual side. Um, my biggest desire is to live a life where I can return to live with God, and that bleeds into my mental. Yeah. I have I have and do struggle with depression and anxiety. It goes into my my physical because I don't feel as spiritual when I'm out of shape and not taking care of my body. 
and I don't really get a choice now that I have, you know, the autoimmune stuff, I have to take care of myself. Um, and it definitely plays into the mental, like I have to watch my thoughts and I'm a negative Nancy. (laughs) And so I have to interrupt those thoughts and think, you know what? I, I have all of that potential. Just like a tree is, is inside of that seed. Yeah. I have it in me. I just have to nurture it and let it go. And it's not going to grow overnight. Like, I think that's where a lot of people fail is they, they expect the end. We are a society of instant gratification. Like I can Google anything and get the answer right away. Yeah. And I can order things on Amazon and even post COVID, I can have it either same day or the next day type of thing. And so I think we get so frustrated when we see those who have achieved or somebody we look up to and we realize just how far away they are from us. But by shrinking that down and just getting those little wins day in and day out before you know it, other people will be looking at you that same way. Yeah. So absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your why. And, um, I, I hope this has been helpful for you guys. I hope that you'll dig into it this week and realize that those small wins are what you're going after. I don't want you to try and knock it out of the park. I want you to just try and hit those small wins and that's what's going to give you the ability to snowball like like Brandon talked about and move forward. So awesome. I hope you guys love this podcast and it's something that you really cling on to. Listen to us next week um, and uh, thank you so much and let's get to it. Yeah.